This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello all and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. If you've yet to check out Premium Membership please do as there's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and help you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a coaching session with me, entry to a private discussion group on Facebook, access to our library of over 80 how-to videos, deals and discounts, and a whole lot more, all for just $99. Head to the join page to find out more. Now then, Lucy Kippist is my guest today, and Lucy has been the parenting and lifestyle editor of Kidspot, a features editor for News Corp, readers editor for Punch, and since mid-2017, the totally wonderful community editor of Flying Solo. So who better to talk about how to get published online? Hello, Lucy. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm actually excited. This is my favorite podcast, so it's good to be a guest. <laughs> ah, good. Look, the thing is, I think, you know, so many people talk about the importance and value of getting published online, but, you know, knowing it's a great thing to do is totally different to actually making it happen. So I figured we should take a good look at what you, the editor, looks for from someone who wants to get published. So does that sound like a topic for you? I think it does. Sounds great. Yes, yeah. I have a lot to say about that. Okay. Well, look, where, do you, where should we start? Where should we start? What's, what, what's the kind of the opener, do you reckon? Well, I think you just start from the beginning, really. And um, the things that first stand out to me is the person that spends a bit of time putting effort into the email that goes along with the story and the pitch that they're, they're pitching to you. Mm. Um, yeah, you need more than just, hi, here's my attached. So, what is interesting, particularly at, in terms of the Flying Solo Commissions, mm. is including your title, your business name, and a link to your website um, or your socials from the very beginning, um, and a little introduction about you, sort of, this is me, this is my business, this is what I love about my business, and this is a story I'd like to share with your readers. Mm. And, and I guess, look, that's a, that's a great start, and as you say, that is the beginning and, you know, I get um, emails, gosh, you must get you must get hundreds, but I get plenty for people who want to be on the podcast. And, you know, so often I can tell they're kind of copy and paste. No one's looked at what the podcast is about or who it's aimed at. Do you do you find the same thing? Do you can you tell within a few lines whether this is a kind of round robin note that's getting sent everywhere or whether it's personal? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, what you need to be most careful of there is sort of realising that people in positions of editor do get sent lots of emails. So if you can make it stand out like you're not just sending this and then 10 others to other publications, mm. um, a little 
note about what you like about flying solo or, or what you think um, you know or understand about the audience sort of just sets you apart immediately mm. that, you know, I'm not just sending 200 emails today, but I'm actually sending to you and this is why. Yeah, that's that's great. And I think, you know, I guess, because you know, one important point is not everyone listening is going to want to send their, their work to flying solo. They could be sending it to a, you know, trade publication about electronic widgets or something but Mm. i you know i guess something that as well you know i observe with flying solo is is when you see somebody kind of around the place who's got a bit of opinion you know whether they're popping up in a forum or on a social media page or on an existing article comment you know it doesn't take long before you kind of recognize a name, does it, you know? And that sort of thing's probably worth doing as well, if it's feasible, isn't it? Just kind of dropping a few little notes around the place even before absolutely. you send that email. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I've, you know, um, used that method of searching for content myself just, you know, in the past six months. Um, the more that you're – if you can um, add to any kind of discussion in that sort of casual way, um, it kind of makes your argument stronger as well in mm. terms of, you know, you, um, being plucked out of the of the fray um, and that you're eloquent and that you actually enjoy conversation because yeah. that element makes a really good piece of writing. Yeah, that's great. I remember back in the day when, do you remember when people used to read newspapers, those big paper things? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, one of the best bits of publicity, I've, this is, oh, I don't know, 2000 or something, there was a piece about small business in, um, I think it was a Sydney Morning Herald, and it really just wound me up because it, I just thought it was such a silly piece. So I wrote to the journal and just said, you know, I, I was polite, but I just pointed out the, the error of their ways. And I sound very pompous, don't I? But, um, you know, that turned into um, three weeks later, pretty well a quarter page um, piece where I was interviewed because that person saw, hey, here's someone who's got an opinion uh, and speaks up about it. So, you know, and that still works in online, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely it does. Mm. And um, things like forums and even Facebook groups are fantastic for that. Mm. Even getting a quick comment around a around a subject so yeah absolutely it's an easy way to show that you're willing to talk about something that you're passionate about yeah yeah and I guess the thing with content and I know you've got a whole lot of points and I'm just doing what I always do I just talk forever and I'm going to stop in a second (laughs) but um the thing with content is is it's once we do have an article that's you know authored by us shared somewhere that's value that just grows and grows and grows. You know, it's, it's, this isn't something we should be doing in a rush, is it? This is something we need to be, we need to get it right. And it's worth spending some time on that very first intro, you know, to do it properly. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And the more time and effort you put into it, it does actually show. And an easy way to do that, if you're new to the sort of the, the idea of writing, is to think back. Um, on your past year, years of experience and think, you know, what was, a, what was a really personal thing that had happened to me that taught me something, either about mm. myself or my business? So if you put yourself in the story, that, that's not often for everybody, that approach, but it actually gives an authenticity to what you're writing about, which comes across on the page and comes across from your email because you're not, you're not faking anything. Yeah, you're sort of yeah. you're going from, from the heart or from your life um, yeah. and, yeah, you can tell. Yeah. When someone pitches to you like that, yeah, yes. beautiful. Okay, so that was your first kind of point: is put get some effort into you know kind of what uh, you know what you say in the very first sort of introduction. So, 
Where to next? Um, then I sort of moved on to the article itself. So make sure when you before you're pitching to the editor that you've looked that the subject that you're trying to discuss in your own article hasn't been covered before. Hmm. Now, it'd be pretty rare if it hasn't. Right. But <laughs> the way to get around that is to make sure you approach it differently hmm. and also acknowledge any articles that may already exist on that topic um, and then with a little note about why yours is different or what yours can add to the conversation. Mm. Um, if it's a subject that you haven't, that hasn't been approached much by the publication, you also really need to get to the point of your article quite quickly. And this is a really hard thing to learn. I actually still find it really difficult um, just to get straight to the, the point of what you're talking about within the first couple of paragraphs mm. of your article. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, it is it is difficult, but I suppose and and look, I, you know, I I struggle with the same thing when I write, um, but I guess the the point is when getting to the point. The point I'm trying to phrase this probably the <laughs> just showing you just <laughs> how fe feeble yeah. I am at it. Um, but I I guess the point can be very brief. You know, it can often be a phrase or indeed the article headline. Um, that absolutely makes it clear this is where we're going with this, you know, absolutely. and then you might unpack it. But yes, essentially, you read an article and you think, oh, it's just like hearing, you know, hearing somebody present or speak, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, we did just get to the point. Um, yeah. But doing that in writing is, you know, is a bit of an art form. But particularly in this early stages of getting content out there, we want the person in in this case, the editor to be able to read something and, you know, get an idea, okay, this is where we're going. So, exactly. Okay, yeah, got that. So even if you had sort of like three lines, sort of here's the headline and then a brief two or three sentences about exactly what your article is about mm. um, and, that, and that's sort of like in the email, so not necessarily in the body of the article. So that's leaving us in no doubt what you're gotcha. telling us. So your email might say, Hi, Lucy, you know, I've attached an article for your consideration where I look at, you know, two things that can transform the way you manage your deadlines or some such Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And then another, a nice sort of another line there would be, and because of my expertise in X, Y, and Z, mm. okay. I'm a good authority on this subject or I offer this opinion. Right. So um, it's, here's, here's what I'm writing about and here's why you should listen. And here's where you should listen. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. And for extra, extra bonus points, you could even add another couple of ideas. So they don't need to necessarily be as detailed as the first idea that you're pitching, but um, oh, that okay. shows so sort of like, and if you don't like that idea, here's two others I have. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. great. All right. So love it. Um, very clear what we're needing to do. And I'm, again, I'm just, I'm, I've now for some reason got this idea that I'm an electrician selling little widgy bits. So I'm trying to think about how I'm going to write mm. copy about that so I can I get everything you've, you've said thus far. Where to next? What's the next thing we need to think about? Um, watch how long your article or post is. Um, it's very easy to get carried away with words when you're first starting out and trying to explain yourself um, mm. or explain a concept. Um, so that's my other tip. Don't waffle. An idea I always have is to just get someone in your life to read the article before you send it to the editor and ask them first up what they found most interesting about it or what they learnt. That's a great and then And then nudge that little bit towards the top of your article. 
Um, so you might need to reformat it or mm. look at how you've done the intro. But that essentially is giving you an extra set of eyes. Also ask them how long they found it, you know, where they would have ended it, what they thought was sort of unnecessary detail. Mm, that's um, a great point. If you are writing something that's deliberately heavy on technical detail, so for instance, um, some you know posts about technology or um, struggling to think of an idea here, but it, you know anything that that it requires a lot of uh, jargon specific, or yeah, yeah jargon yeah, okay. or specific yeah. detail, um, that tends to be longer just because you know you're explaining a concept and then you're talking about the concept. So yep. one way of doing that is just to be cleverer with formatting. So hmm. use point form or yeah, um, okay. lists, um, and that makes it much more palatable for someone reading it from coming in, you know, with not, maybe not necessarily having your expect expertise in that subject. Yeah. So again, I'm thinking of our uh, our person selling his electrical widgets. He might, he or she might have a heading that says, you know, so why is this, why is this technology going to help you? How do, or how does it help you? And then that gives a clear section that that's going to go into a bit of technical stuff. And then the other sort of, you know, the article might continue under that again with something that's a little bit um, easier to digest. So as a reader, right. you can kind of scan over it a bit. So tell me, um, just thinking there about sort of length of things, now obviously a lot of publication, I know certainly at, at Flying Solo, you sort of publish a, a, you know, there's a whole brief there for people um, who want to write for Flying Solo and, mm. you know, they can see that online and that has things like ideal word length and all that sort of stuff. So, but not everybody is as organized as you. And, you know, a number of editors have publications where nothing like that sort of exists. There is no sort of brief. So obviously we can see, a, get, a, get a feel for it probably by looking at what else that, that uh, publication has published. But generally, do you, would you as an editor, do you favor getting um you know a kind of a clear idea in a few hundred words that you can then ask the person to uh expand or would you rather see the full thing in a few thousand words and ask them to chop it back how does that what's your view there that's a really personal choice i think um i actually really prefer just the whole article at once it's just right. more efficient yep. um it's not necessarily great for you if that article gets turned down because you've already written it but then that also means that you've got someone else you know you can pitch to someone else mm. um because i find that that back and forth can take it some, some time so yes, if you're pitching course. me a little pitch and then i say yes i really like that article can i have it tomorrow and you're like oh no it's like i can't get it tomorrow you know it just saves that saves yeah, okay. that back and forth um yeah. so again, again what that, that's yeah. yeah sorry what that sort of points to then is is again the re the kind of research that as a writer that we do beforehand is let's get an idea do they post long form articles of thousands of words or are they short punchy 300 to 500 words absolutely yeah. yeah and i mean that i think that is my biggest tip it's it's get to know the publication as much as you can before you even approach them it's sort of like you know going to an, a job interview mm. in a much less daunting way but um yeah. if you look at what's been published before if you look for guidelines even if you email the editor and say hey do you have any article guidelines i'm looking to pitch what are your you know recommendations um but yes it's i mean it's very rare well certainly in the publications that i've worked in for and written for that you would ever really exceed a thousand words mm. i mean that's 
a huge chunk of text. And particularly online, you know yourself, it'll take, you know, you're not really, you don't have that much time. I mean, no one really gains a lot from heaps of text. Mm. Um, Particularly in in business writing, I think if you can be succinct and get your message across, that gives a better impression of you. Yeah, okay. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just going back again to this this point, because I'm I'm sure it would be a stumbling block for a lot of people in businesses, is this idea of, of of uh, kind of going to a publication, looking at it, and going, "Oh my goodness, they've just written all there is to write about that." You know, <laughs> and if, I can imagine plenty of people coming to. Yeah you know, flying solo that you edit and looking at, you know, I don't know, 1,500 articles and going, crikey, you know, what on earth can I write there that hasn't been written before? So, mm. and that, that, is quite, that is quite daunting. I know you said, well, okay, the, the way to do that is to find a different angle. But as a writer, how the hell do you do that? You know, here you are, you, you're confronted with all these articles on every single thing to do with building your social media following, let's say, how you know how do you look at all that and find the new angle what do you have any particular tips yourself yeah i think um i think i mentioned earlier just reflecting on your own life or experience okay. and realizing um we had a brilliant article by Vanessa Emilia a few months ago where she talked about um a day a client fired her mm. so that was a and that story did really well um because it was something that happened to her and it was an authentic story it also offered you know reflections um and lessons within the the business sphere that people could relate to yeah okay. so don't always think you have to look for the big idea often it's something that's happened to you or someone that you know that could be the story for you um another way of doing it which it might be more comfortable for people is to look at look at an article that you've responded to well on that publication and think, did I agree with the way that person wrote that? Do yeah, I actually okay. have a really opposite or parallel opinion yes. to that on that topic? Or did my experience teach me something different? I mean, yeah. that's a really um, attractive angle for an editor because we can reflect, you know, we can link back to that previous post and it's sort of, sure. you know, keeping it all within the community. Hmm. So that's another idea. Um, and perhaps you could even ask, again, ask someone in your own life, what have you found interesting about my business or my life or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to get out there hmm. um, and ask them what, what they make of you or, yeah, okay. or your business. <laughs> you better be sitting down when you ask those questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, do you think generally, Lucy, do you, do you find that um, in your experience, and I know you've worked across a number of publications, are, are people too safe? I mean, I know that the, you know, at the moment, you, if you walk into a bookstore, you know, yes, they do still exist, you know, like airport bookshops and so on, you see that headlines on book covers are getting much more kind of in your face. People are being... Mm. They're having to cut through by often by you know either swearing in big letters or doing something. Um, do you what, what's going on in the world of article writing? Do you think are people still being a bit too safe? Do we need to stir things up a bit to get seen? I definitely think there's a place for it, but that doesn't suit everybody. Mm. Um, I certainly think you can you can be really clever with a headline in that regard if it doesn't feel comfortable writing like that. But there, there is a way of writing, and I think that's what I was trying to get at before, about writing from your own personal experience that will automatically make it 
very, very readable yeah. because it's you, because it's unique, and nobody else in the whole world could write that story. Mm. Um, so I think and that holds, you know, the movement towards social media and everybody, um, you know, selling themselves or parts of their life on a daily basis basically makes those kind of headlines more appealing because we're just used to seeing that more. It's just sort of more normal for someone yes. to jump online and say, I had a really shit day at work today. Yes. And everyone flock on and say, what was the shittest part of your day? Yeah. Um, everyone shares it because it's kind of, yes. you know, our, our inner thoughts have become more of our outer thoughts because yeah. of this social media thing. So I think that's, that's part of it. But whether that's, you know, appropriate for the publication that you're pitching to or whether it's always appropriate for the kind of things that you want to write about, that's I think that's more of a personal thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and look, and I guess, you know, the point you mentioned a moment ago there, um, Vanessa Emilio, who's one of, uh, you know, very popular writer on Flying Solo, and she, I think you said, was writing an article about um, when a client fired her. Mm. Now, you know, that's really interesting because Vanessa is a lawyer, you know, so I could imagine a, a, a lawyer listening to a, a podcast like this and thinking, all right, well, I'm going to write articles about, you know, how I'm a, the best lawyer there is and I do better forms and I respond better and I'm cheaper and all those things. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here we have an example of, of uh, in Vanessa's case, uh, and in a number of her articles, where she's not writing anything about the law firm. I mean, sure, there'll be some reference in there. But she's writing to a small business community website about issues that face small business. And by the way, I'm a lawyer. You know, so as a reader, yes. we kind of look at that and we think, gosh, she seems like a very nice person, as indeed she is. And then we get to the end of it. And when you're thinking about a lawyer, you think, hmm, what if, if I should get in touch with Vanessa? So that's mm. an important point, isn't it, for anybody listening who does want to get content wherever they want to get it is don't be too kind of blinkered on your subject area. And that's what you've been saying all the way through this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You've said it very well. That's a nice way of putting it. That's exactly right. Because you're offering a piece of yourself. And from what you know, I've read since being with Flying Solo about selling yourself and your business, the more authentic you can be, mm. um, that's allowing people to be drawn to you and drawn to what you're offering them. Um and yes, Vanessa's post took a lot of courage. I can't even, I, you know, I would have thought that would have been a difficult thing for her to write. But then, yeah. yeah, it shows I'm human. I'm this face behind my business and these things happen to me and they'll probably eventually happen to you and let's talk about that. Mm. And um, yeah, I think that's very attractive. That's sort of like lifting the covers up uh, and showing us, you know, everything about you. your life yeah. the real you yeah so yeah. talking about that we you know it's sort of nudging on to uh, vulnerability and showing that and and uh, i'm pretty sure you well you've kind of alluded to the fact that that's that can be good for business good for people reading your content when you when you show some vulnerability and what happened to you what about um the other side of it uh, as to how you sort of handle rejection so let's imagine someone's listening is has submitted articles to a number of publications and just isn't getting anywhere. You know, now obviously you've covered a load of tips here as to, uh, you know, very clearly as to what people can be doing. But I don't know whether you've ever been a rejected writer. It's probably unlikely. Yes. <laughs> no, I have oh, Well, how do you cope with that? What do you do? How do you bounce back and do it all again? Use it as a lesson. Mm. So, you know, take it as anything, um, as any form of, you know, I'm just, I'm just building... I'm sorry, I'm just beginning this this journey of writing. So one way I've always done was to follow up with an email and say, okay, thanks very much, you know, 
for considering my article. What what things are you looking for? How would I improve my pitch? Okay. Um, are there any subjects that you did find interesting? What was good about this article? Um, oh, okay, so you don't go quietly is what you're saying. Don't go quietly. No, no because how else do you know? Yeah. How else yep. do you know how then to tweak things? Um, and it will happen. Eventually someone will say yes to you. Mm. Um, often editors also have sort of a list at the back of their mind or if they're particularly organized people like Kelly Exeter had an actual spreadsheet with actual, you know, titles on them. Mm. But you could ask them, you know, are you looking for any particular content areas at the moment? You know, what what do you want to see? And, and what, you know, about, what about perseverance? You know, if you've, um, you know, said no to a writer um, and, you know, let's assume that, that you've not said no because the person simply can't string words together but has just not quite given you what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might not go back saying anything else you've got, send it to me. You, know, you may not want to open the floodgates that much, but how persistent should we be? A couple of times is good, you know, um, and make them a different point of contact. So if you've been emailing, email a second time and then ring them. Um, I think that just makes you stand out a little bit more in their okay. mind. So or that's if kind of following up? Following up, yes. Yeah, okay. And follow up meaningfully. So, mm. you know, remind them of who you were and what, what you'd pitched. Um, right. Uh, don't just forward back the same email if possible. No, you know, okay. make it a new thing. Because yeah. sometimes you can see that name and go, oh, I've already spoken to them and think, you know. So if you make it a fresh point of, of communication at, at each point, I think that's good. Um, and then give it, a, give it a while. So if you're still getting nothing after those two times that you've followed up, give it a couple of months in between before mm-hmm. getting in touch again. But don't ever think of it as a closed door will always be closed to you. That's, no, okay. that's never the case. Um, just take the feedback, sort of um, be brave enough to ask for, that, for it in the first place and then just keep persisting. Mm. You know, make it a, a thing in your calendar every six weeks. Just send your idea. And that's where I think when you're pitching in the very beginning, to go back to my first point about when you are sending that email, if you can include a couple of ideas, not just the one idea in that first email, that's setting you up really well to just yes. keep following up. So you've you've set a good structure for the way that you're communicating and you can just follow those points through. Yeah, okay. And presumably just at one point I was thinking of there when, you were, when we were talking about that sort of rejection thing, if you've, if you've had somebody say, look, sorry, no, that's not right for us and you've, <laughs> you've hopefully gone back and you've said, well, you know, can you give me an indication? And, you you know, you've, you've pushed that as far as you can go and you sometimes you may get a lovely editorial response like the thought that you give or you might get, you know, silence. So, you know, maybe you're sitting here with the piece that you've written and you really don't know why you didn't kind of get published or get any great interest. Um, that presumably is a point where, again, we could go back to our friend group if we're brave and and say ask a different question, which is, I wrote this, I thought it was good, they didn't, you know, pick holes in it. I mean, is that something? Oh, that's an that's an excellent idea. You could also sort of contact your network, you know, in an informal way, because mm. someone somewhere somewhere connected to you must know someone that works in a publication or is an yes, editor or is a that's writer. A good idea. So if you could, you know, I absolutely think having someone from your life generally always works with with things like that because essentially what you're doing as a writer is you want you want to be read and that's yep. generally by anybody. But if you did want a bit more of a breakdown in terms of the specifics about writing or you know, 
editing. Um, yeah, asking in, within your broad network if anyone knows anyone that, that would be happy to read it for you. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long to read something and someone's always happy to share their opinion. I think that's, that's, that's so good because... You know, I guess the thing is what we're talking about here. You know, broadly, you know, we're we're talking about getting your getting your work seen in the big wide world. So, you're going to have to be a bit of a brave bunny at some point because when it's out there, it's out there, and squillions of people can see it and comment and so on. So, if you're not kind of brave enough to go out to a group of people and go, "I got a feedback that this is no good. Can you tell me why?" If you're not brave enough to do that, then it kind of questions: Well, are you brave enough to publish anywhere? Yeah, or if you know, is writing where you're supposed to be? Should you be yeah. trying to become a guest on a podcast, for mm. instance, yeah. um, or a TV show? Yeah, but mm. yes, absolutely, it does take courage, and writing is scary, um, and even for someone that does it every day, because it's a part of you. It's a very personal reflection of yourself, mm. um, and everyone has an opinion on it. Yeah. Subjective. <laughs> and tell me, what just just um, from the editor's point of view? When you've, uh, when someone submitted something to you, wherever in all the various places that you've worked, mm. and you've sent a note back or contacted them and going, yes, you want to publish it, can you remember any particular responses you had from those people that still stick in your mind? I can't remember specific as in their names and, and when no, that sure. was, but I have had a handful of people just so delighted to finally, you know, um, have a have a crack at it, or mm. have had a crack at writing something, and then be accepted. Right. Yes, it's the most wonderful thing, and you can really tell the people that are um, genuine in in that because yes. they will they'll say thank you and um, they'll follow up, and then when their story's up, they'll actually go on and comment, right. and they'll you know. Well, those so, are all key points as well, aren't they? I mean, they're very important ab- points. Oh, absolutely. Mm. The day that your story, um, hopefully you'll be told what day that is, that you're actually published, even if you dropped a line to the editor at that point and said, you know, thank you and made sure you commented on or or um, made sure you commented on the story, sorry, and then mm. said to them, you know, um, that was so fun. How about this for my next idea? Yeah. So, you know, it, it never, it doesn't have to it's end. It's a, it's a lovely cycle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, what about, let's get you to cast your mind back here. What mm-hmm. about when Lucy Kippist got her first piece of work published? Do you remember that time? And where was it? Uh, yes. I, my first ever article proper outside of university <laughs> publication was mm. for Career One, okay. which was a um, online job board, funnily mm. enough. Um, and I had been in the forums of that site um, writing to the editor, Kate Southam at the time, and I was yep. sending questions to her and then one day said, hey, I'm trying to be a journalist. Can I write for you? Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, she replied and then I wrote an article for them and eventually got a job for them and that's sort of where it started. But wow. yes, I do remember that and it was amazing and it never stops being amazing to see your name, no. you know, in print or online, I don't think. Fantastic. I don't so know what, what that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> I, still think it, I still think it is exciting to yeah. see that. So were you jumping yeah. up and down? Were you running down the street? What, oh, you... yeah, I was over the moon. Yeah. I was absolutely over the moon. Um, oh, and also because that you know, was the career that I wanted yeah. to build on. Um, well, it worked all right, yes. didn't it? Yeah, it worked off all right. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years later, I'm still doing it, so that's yeah. pretty good. Well, you're still doing it with a smile as well, so that's yeah. brilliant. Hey, yeah. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you. So, look, I expect your inbox is going to get a little bit busier as a consequence yes. of this. But uh, if we want to find out more about you, we'll just hop on to Flying Solo, and you will find Lucy all over the site, uh, rightly so. 
and uh, by all means, you know, reach out and make contact. So thank you again for uh, spending your time with me. My pleasure, Robert. Thank you. Okay. And look, before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business, we get you Flying Solo Premium Membership has all the tips and tools you need for just $99. Head to the join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.